Offense, play fast. Defense, swarm. Swarm and tackle. Attack. We got out block them. We got out tackle them. We got out hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out block them. You out tackle them. You out hit them. And you out hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. All right, welcome in. It is another season of R.J. Bell's Dream Preview College Football Edition. Back once again, I'm A.J. Hoffman, joined again by Scott Seidenberg. Scott, how are you, my friend? I'm excited. Week zero is finally here. We're about to kick off the 2023 college football season. Yeah, not a lot of games this week, but there's games. So beggars can't be choosers. We've got seven games on the board, and we figured, you know what? We're going to discuss more than seven games on this pod on a normal week, so Mm -hmm. we might as well cover them all this week, and that's what we're here to do. Uh, We're going to go through all the games, give some thoughts on each game, uh, maybe give a couple leans here and there, and at the end, we'll have some best bets for you. Uh, I'll have a promo code for you to save some money on best bets as well. So, uh, Scott, I'll I'll let you – where do we start? Do we start with the early morning game? Yeah, let's kick things off in chronological order. The first game of the 2023 college football season in Dublin, Ireland. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish, number 13 in the country in your preseason poll. A 20-and-a-half-point favorite over the Navy midshipmen total of 50-and-a-half. Yeah, I think everyone's going to be watching Sam Hartman to see what kind of a difference the -the down-the-field quarterback makes Mm -hmm. with that Notre Dame offense. But I think they hold some of that back, first of all. I don't think they need to like go out there and start slinging it around with Hartman week week zero against Navy. Uh, But I think think he'll be efficient. Uh, I, I think he won't be a dominant passer. Navy's defensive strength is their secondary. Sure relative strength, I guess I should say, for Navy. Uh, but this, and the smart thing to do will be for Notre Dame to just kind of hammer them on the ground. So uh, Navy had success running the ball last year against the Irish. I do think this Notre Dame defense is going to be a little bit upgraded. Uh, and there's still a lot of questions about Brian Newberry's offense, which is going to involve more passing mm-hmm. than a typical Navy team has. Uh, Navy will still want to shorten the game, though. I mean, you're you're twenty and a half point dog. You don't want to uh, you don't want to be chucking it all game, um, but between the new rules and the new offense, I, I think it's an under game. Uh, I know there's some sharp disagreement on the under or the over in this game. I know, uh, if, if, you know, Fez is is battled back and forth on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, about this total. I I'm with Fez on the under here. Uh, I. I I think that's the way to look. And I also think Navy plus 20 and a half because I do think it's a, a low scoring game. I don't think Notre Dame feels the need to uh, to run away in this one. So I, I think this will be a, a, a comfortable win for mm-hmm. Notre Dame. But I, I don't think that they go out there and house them by 30 points. So DraftKings opened up this game at 21 and a half. It's down to 20 and a half. And the total went from 49 and a half up to 50 and a half where we are now. And, and you're right. We're still curious about what this Navy offense will look like under Brian Newberry. You mentioned more passing. There's still going to be a triple option attack, though, so they're still going to run the ball a lot. They're still going to control the clock, and if you remember last year when these two teams played, Notre Dame scored whenever they wanted to, Yeah, but they also blew a large lead and let Navy let back. right back into this game, and that's where I think the 20-and-a-half comes into play here. You know, it is game one of a long season. And Notre Dame does want to make a statement to start the year. But with a game 
in Ireland showcasing yourselves, showcasing the sport. I don't think a blowout's good for business. Last year's game between Northwestern, the Northwestern game. Yeah, Nebraska was good. That was a fun game. It was fun. A close game. Was that the that was Pat Fitzgerald's last win. That was the last win for North, <laughs> last one of the season for Northwestern. Yeah, but that was a fun game. And I think we're gonna see another fun game here. I think Notre Dame does win this easily. Maybe by two touchdowns. Yeah. Maybe by 17 points. I do think Navy hangs in there, but it's the Irish's game. It's in Ireland. The entire stadium's gonna be rooting for them. I think they'll rise up to the moment. I don't think this is going to be a runaway game, but I do think it's going to be an easy game for Notre Dame to win. Which way do you lean on the uh, the total, the battle of the total? I, I lean over only because Navy's going to open up the offense more with okay. passing. And like we saw last year, Notre Dame scored at will yeah. whenever they wanted to. If you're telling me that Notre Dame wins but doesn't cover, I find it hard to believe that Notre Dame is not scoring four touchdowns in this game. Right? Yeah. So I, I just, I think that they're going to get into the 30s. And I think that we can bank on Navy to put two in the end zone at least. So I do think that this game does go over the 50 and a half. I'm with the movement here from 49 and a half to 50 and a half. I like the over. All right, let's look at UTEP and Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State transitioning to FBS. This is their first FBS game. They will... I'm, I'm sure be playing in front of a raucous home crowd here. UTEP, a one-point favorite. Jackson, Jacksonville State, uh, again, at the home team, the total is at 54. What do you see in this game? 53 now on DraftKings. So we Ooh. got uh, UTEP, a one-point favorite, and ja- and the total, 53, up on DraftKings. This one opened as Jacksonville State, minus one and a half. They even got as high as two and a half before money came in on UTEP. So now we're seeing a reversal of the spread here. Current numbers at DraftKings, once again, UTEP minus one, total of 53. UTEP was very good against the run last year. Um, This is a Jacksonville State offense under Rich Rodriguez that likes to utilize space to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers. And so UTEP very good up front. How does that work against a team that's going to want to spread you out? Because the rushing attack on the, on the Rich Rod is exactly that. Spread you out, let your guys choose their lanes, as opposed to a more condensed zone-blocking scheme or whatnot. Uh, I'm very interested to see how this matchup of the UTEP defense against the Jacksonville State offense goes. I think that UTEP is going to be able to run on everybody. Like I, I, I think that their run game translates immediately. Like I, it's, you're, they're not going to look like a team transitioning to FBS mm-hmm. on offense. Uh, I, I think they'll run it on everybody in CUSA, and that includes UTEP. But they, they've got a high-end running back, Anwar Lewis. Uh, he is a problem. He's a matchup problem all over the field. They've got a seventh-year quarterback in Zion Webb. Uh, another playmaker, and defensively, though, there, there's going to be times where they don't look like they belong. The question is, can UTEP punish them for that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, UTEP is they're strong uh, in the front, running the ball. They'll they'll probably push Jacksonville State around. But two teams who are going to have their most success running the ball. Uh, I, I think that this game does push to an under. I, I think the clock rules and and the fact that both these teams are going to find their their biggest success running the ball. And you're not going to see – I don't think you're going to see a bunch of tempo from UTEP either. 
Uh, but I, th- I just think Jacksonville State has a big coaching edge in this game. I, I, so I, I think they get the job done here. So I, I, I like Jacksonville State. I like the under in this one. It feels like a coin flip game, and I would lean towards the under. But And that's where we've seen the, the spread go down as well, from 54 to 53. I do think that Jacksonville State, like the, their home crowd is going to be hyped. Mm. This is, uh, you know, you, you when it's your, your team's first you know, dip into the big boy football. Yeah. Like the, every student's going to be in that at that game. So uh, I, I think having home field advantage here is big for for Jacksonville State. All right, we got a couple of seven o'clock Eastern time kickoffs. We'll start with the Ohio San Diego State game, where currently uh, San Diego State a two and a half point favorite. Total of forty nine. This one opened. It, it's interesting. Opened at five and a half. Mm-hmm. Four and a half at most books here in town, and then has been pushed down to Ohio uh, or San Diego State, laying two and a half points. I think what we're seeing here is people are, are starting to realize this is not your, you know, the San Diego State that we've been used to. Uh, this is a pretty watered down version. Defensively, mm-hmm. they they lose three starters on the front. Uh, they haven't done anything to to fix the secondary that was already a problem. I mean, there's people who are excited about uh, Jalen Maiden. But the, the fact is, they've got a converted safety playing quarterback. Sure. Like, uh, he, he's kind of not careful with the ball at times. Mm-hmm. Th- their offense is going to be way more run heavy, I think, than than anything. They're going to have to lean on his legs. Uh, but the problem is, when you've got a, a guy who's a running quarterback and a guy who's going to be outside the you're replacing three-fifths of your offensive line. That's not a good sign to me. Uh, for Ohio, Curtis Rourke's coming back from a torn ACL, and he has an elite, at least by max standards, wide receiver uh, in in Sam Wilgus to to work with. And the money's pushed Ohio to the short side of three. It's probably going to leave me to pass. But I think game. a lot of it has to do with the uncertainty of Rourke. And once you found out that Curtis Rourke is going to play in this game, so. well, that's why the money's now pushed in favor of Ohio. Because you mentioned it. I mean, he's coming off the ACL injury, but he was the max leading passer yeah. last year. And this is a dynamic offense. It's arguably the best offense in the MAC. You mentioned uh, Wiglis at, at wide receiver. Bangura at running back is one of the top running backs in the conference. And Works a dual threat now. Does the coming off the injury prevent him from running? Maybe, but he still threw for 21 touchdowns last year and almost 3,000 yards, completing almost 70% of his passes. There's so much turnover on this San Diego State team. I don't know how they're going to look in week zero. Yeah. And I, I they think- might be better as the season moves along, but in their first game, I, I know they're home. I just, I can't lay it. I had concerns over the weather. Mm hmm. It's gonna be like seventy-eight degrees. Yeah, it's not. It's not gonna be hundred degrees. Yeah. You, oh, the hurricane will be done in San Diego. The hurricane will be done. But you know what I was thinking about? Remember when Snapdragon Stadium opened before they actually built the canopies on top? Yeah, there was no there was no shade, and so like students were suffering from heat exhaustion because it was almost hundred degrees in, in the week zero game that they had, and there was no shade. They were like huddling behind the walls trying to get some shade. They had medical staff trying to give people water, and people were passing out. And then they built an actual overhead to the stadium to provide some shade, but it's not going to be that hot. It's only going to be 78 degrees, so I don't think it's going to affect the kids from Ohio that much. 
I, I lean to Ohio on the number here, but I, I think if I my favorite part in this game, I think is going to be the over. I, I just think that people are used to having a dominant San Diego State defense, and I don't think they have that in this mm-hmm. game. I think Curtis Rourke has some time to sit back there and pick them apart. I think Wiggles is, is a problem, uh, and and I think they they get some points up on the board here. The next game, uh, seven o'clock Eastern Time kickoff is UMass at New Mexico State. New Mexico State, a seven and a half point favorite. Total is forty five. This line. Opened AJ as high as ten and a half before dropping down to seven and a half. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'll just go ahead and say what I want to say from the beginning. I'm going to want New Mexico State here, but I'm going to wait. I want to see a seven. Like I, I'm, Ooh. I'm crossing my fingers that we get a seven to pop up, uh, and I'm going to fire on New Mexico State here. They were a lot better than people thought last year, and they were turning twelve starters. Jerry Kill seems to have things kind of rolling the way he wants to. They mm-hmm. get. They got a linebacker from Michigan to transfer in to New Mexico State. That doesn't happen yeah. in any world prior to Jerry Kill getting to New Mexico State. So uh, they've got the majority of their offense returning, including Diego Pavia, who, like in the second half of last season, was their offense. Yep. Like he was a real problem. And UMass will be a little better than last year. But they were so bad last year that it's like a little doesn't help anything. Like it, they scored 12 and a half points per game last yeah. year. That's embarrassing. This this New Mexico State defense is legit. I think they will keep them lo- I mean Jerry Kill is a a defensive guy and when you talk about New Mexico State already being 115th in tempo last year now with these new rules, I think there's lots of New Mexico State unders to watch. Yep, I like that. I think this one is one of them. Uh, UMass hasn't won a road game since 2018. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to go and do something special uh, at New Mexico State here. They've been decent against the spread, but this New Mexico State team has really figured things out. I, I don't think that uh, UMass is going to be able to move the ball. So I, I think they, they get kind of roughed up a little bit to start the season. Again, I'm going to wait until a seven pops because the way the steam has been pushing, I, I think that we get a seven, maybe on game day. I don't know. But if I see a seven, I'm going to take that seven. And again, I, I, I uh, the under I think is already a. Uh, I think I, I think the under is playable. Uh, New Mexico State's going to want to run the ball. That's just they're in their DNA. And, and Pavia, you mentioned he can make plays and he can make plays with his legs as well. And for UMass, I think their strategy is going to be to keep the ball on the ground as well because the strength of their team is their offensive line. They have a veteran offensive line coming back, and so I, I look at just the, both offenses, and I don't see where it, I, I could see it being a completely one-sided game because I think New Mexico State is just that much better than UMass, but I don't see a high-scoring game. I think the clock's going to be moving. You mentioned the new rules. We should be looking towards unders, and we have two teams that are going to run the ball a bunch. I think the clock is going to be ticking all game in Las Cruces, and I think we do get an under here between these two teams. All right, let's go to Vanderbilt, where the stadium's not going to be done. But they're going to play anyway. Uh, Hawaii catching 17 in Nashville. 55 and a half is the total. Where are you looking? We're actually up to 17 and a half now on Vanderbilt at DraftKings. And and this was another spread that opened up at 18 and a half before dropping down and then going back up. So we're at 17 and a half now. The total opened up. This is interesting. 57 got as low as 53 and then was bet back up to 55 and a half. This is a much different Hawaii team than last year's game, but I still don't think it's enough. Is it? Yeah. 
I don't really know. I don't know if they're like last year was like a week a, a, a zero year for them. Yes, like, but I don't know that they're any better. Like they, they're not. But it's just it's just a different team though. So don't okay. don't expect don't expect thirty five points from Vanderbilt in the third quarter, like they did last year. But Hawaii hung with them early, and maybe they can hang with them early again. By the way, the final of that game was sixty three to ten. Yes, sixty three to ten. Yes. Can Hawaii hang for longer than a quarter? Can they hang for longer than the first half? No, they can't. Um, I have concerns, and I don't mean to sound insensitive, but how has the tragedy in Maui affected these players? It has to. Like, um, I mean, it, football can't be, like, top of mind. Not, not at all. And I understand that sports can be a distraction, and they can rally around each other, and the community can rally around everyone. The entire state can rally around this football team. But these players have their minds elsewhere. I'm sure that there was missed practice time for these players to deal with families and friends that were affected by this. I just don't think, and I all due respect to, to Jimmy, Timmy Chang, I don't see them being prepared for this football game. And so traveling, far trip to Nashville now to go take on Vanderbilt, I don't think they'll be even close. Here's what I know has changed for Hawaii. Their offensive line is all gone like the offensive line they had last year, which wasn't great, but it's, it's what they had. Uh, their defense has been gutted. And the places you can't afford to be young and inexperienced against an SEC team are in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt is just like even a poor SEC team, like they are going to be physically dominant in the trenches. And there's, there's just too much of a physicality gap on both sides uh, you know, when Vandy switched to Swan at, at quarterback midseason last year, they, they they took a big step forward. This this actually might be a better Vanderbilt team than Hawaii saw last year. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, the offense, Timmy Chang, like you you thought that, oh, Timmy Chang, they'll just do what he did when he was there, except they just don't have the personnel to do it. They, they were 113th in points per game. That's a, more than a touchdown worse than they were in 2021. So, like, Timmy Chang's offensive ideas are great. They play at a fast tempo. They just don't score. They're not efficient. They can't. They get in the red zone, and they can't score. So it's hard for me to find anything to like about this Hawaii team. And, again, I think when you have a team that's so physically undermanned, going against an SEC team, even a bottom-feeding SEC team is, is tough. So uh, it's Vanderbilt or, or nothing for me, and I, I lean towards it being another high-scoring game. I, I think maybe Hawaii can put a few more up on the board mm-hmm, than they did mm-hmm. a year ago. Uh, but, I mean, that's a 73-point game last year. Yeah, uh, I, I think that the 55-and-a-half feels a little – it feels on the low side to me. Maybe Hawaii could use the quarterback that is playing in the next game, who used to be their quarterback. Could absolutely use in him. Chevon Cordero. Let's get to that. San Jose State at USC. This one, uh, interesting lines here. Opened up in the summer at 29 and a half, went up to 31 and a half, has settled back down to 30 and a half. The total went from 63 to now 64 and a half. The Trojans at home with the Heisman Trophy winner and the Heisman Trophy favorite and the number one overall pick favorite, Caleb Williams, looking to start their season on the right foot. Yeah, And they should start the season on the right foot. But San Jose State is not a joke. Like, this is a team who have a defensive-minded head coach and and sound defensive technique, maybe not the personnel on defense that they'd like to have, but they may have the best offense in the Mountain West. Like, Chevon Cordero... Like the last second half of last season, really started to put things together. They've put good weapons around him, and 
this is this is going to be a, a good offense all season long. The questions about USC, all on defense. We know they're going to score. We know they're going to light up the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Can they get stops? Can they force turnovers? Last year, they were really fortunate in turnovers. Uh, well, how much does that keep up? I, I don't think San Jose State can do much to slow uh, the Trojans down here. Uh, they just don't have the bodies to, to slow down Caleb Williams. But I do think we see some offensive success here from from the Spartans. So I'd lay 30 and a half, or I, I wouldn't lay 30 and a half. I, I'd, I'd take the 30 and a half if I had to uh, pick a side. I I think it's going to be all leans for me, but I, I prefer the dog and the over. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, God, it's such a big number. It's 64 and a half. Yeah. But... I, I think San Jose State puts some points on the board, and you're—I mean, in this case, if you're going over sixty-four and a half, you're probably asking them to put four touchdowns up, which that's a, that's a lot to ask. But, yeah, uh, or three touchdowns. Um, I, I do, I do agree with you. I think it goes over. Um, Seventeen starters back for USC. This is a team that they have. This is their best chance to win a national championship right now. Yeah, with Caleb Williams and under Lincoln Riley, uh, their defense who was incredible at causing turnovers last year. They're going to generate pressure. And when they have a big lead and you're forced to take chances against them, which is what an offense like San Jose State is going to try and do, especially if they're trailing, that's when the Trojans come up with turnovers. And I think that there will be points off of those turnovers. And I, I people say, oh, well, turnovers might be bad for offense. I think it's the opposite. I think turnovers are going to lead short to more offense more points. because you're going to have short fields. And I think that USC is probably going to roll up like back-to-back scores where they score a touchdown, maybe they go up by 14, and then San Jose State takes a shot, bang, it gets picked, maybe it gets returned to the house, or it just puts the ball right back in Caleb Williams' hands. Now a 14-point lead becomes a 21-point lead. And I think this game gets away from San Jose State very quickly. Maybe not quickly meaning time-wise, so I'm not saying take USC in the first half, but I'm saying we used to say this about the Golden State Warriors. They were five minutes away from blowing out anybody because they can go on a run. This game is a dangerous game for San Jose State because USC is going to score. They're going to take chances offensively that's going to lead to turnovers. This game could be a two-score game that turns into a four-score game in a matter of minutes. Yeah. Hey, but the great thing is, if it's a four-score game, you're still covering with San Jose State. Sure. And but what is, if it's a three-score game that turns into a five-score game? I think something important to remember, you said they're going to get pressure, and I think they will get some pressure, but San Jose State returns 100% of their offensive line mm-hmm. starts. Everybody who started at offensive line last year is back this year. That That's a rare thing in today's college football. I think that gives them an edge. I, I think that they are going to score some touchdowns here, I, and I do think they get blown out, but 30-and-a-half just feels – feels like a lot. I'm safer with the over here. Uh, the final game on Saturday, week zero. Oh, Louisiana what a game. Tech, which is a, it's a 9 o'clock Eastern time kickoff. It's a standalone game. Like, yeah. why? This is a terrible game. Louisiana Tech, 11-point favorites at home, hosting Florida International. Total is 58-and-a-half. And we're talking about Tech, who was maybe the worst team in getting after the quarterback last season. Yeah. And so I I, I don't <laughs> – this is interesting um, because I think the passing game is going to be better. Hank Bachmeyer comes in from – Hank Bachmeyer will be hurt in week three. Yeah, I mean, but, like it's <laughs> but Hank Bachmeyer comes in from Boise State. And so the Louisiana Tech offense I think is going to work. And I think they're going to score. But they also can't 
come up with any pressure on the quarterback. So I think they're going to give up points. I think this is a, a this total being this high is accurate because of what you're going to get on both sides of the football from Louisiana Tech. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't think there's anything to like about either of these teams. I have them both outside my top 120 in power ratings. Like these are bad football teams. Louisiana Tech, I I, I guess if the number this number's moved quite a bit actually. I think it was seven and a half uh, to open, or maybe even lower than that. Now it's up to 11. I, I don't understand money pouring in on Louisiana Tech. They're not good. Their their running backs hurt. I don't know that he's going to play in this game. Um, there's a lot of transfers in to fix the defense for Louisiana Tech, but they're all FCS guys. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think that's an instant impact. These two teams played double overtime last year. I, I don't think the gap between them is all that wide. Uh, so I, I'm not sure that these two bottom feeders should have double digits between them. If I had to make a play on this, which I won't, I don't want to be involved in this game at all. It would be on Florida International. I don't like to bet on Florida International. That's how bad they are. But 11 points is almost absurd. I, I think I have these teams like maybe five points apart in mm-hmm. power ratings, and then we give you give home field advantage. There's no way you're getting to 11. I agree. So uh, I, I, I'd lean to FIU, and I, I'd probably lean. I, I don't know if I have a lean on the total. I feel like the total's right there where it should be. What's your best bet if you had to make that? We're going to both enter last man standing here in town. And for those who don't know, AJ last year was really far along in last man standing. Top 1%. Top 1%. Yeah. How many people were left by the time uh, you were eliminated? Eight when I was eliminated. Eight people were left. And this is last man standing is just how it sounds. You got to be the last man standing. It's not like your typical survivor pool where you pick a team to advance and then you can't pick them again. What you have to do is you have to pick one game against the spread every single week. And if your team covers, you advance to the next week. It's as simple as that, right? And you 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 buy multiple entries, but yeah. that's the gist of it. As long as your team covers, you advance to the following week. And the contest doesn't start until week two, correct? But we'll that's that that's how we'll give our best bets this year. Yes, we won't have any totals for best bets. We will like we'll give out some totals for sure. Mm-hmm. But our best bet, will, our forced best bet, will be this is our, our favorite. This is our last, last man, man standing. standing. So like we're both entering, and this is our pick for last man standing. The one game that we are putting our contest on the line for who's going to cover and who's going to advance. So, so uh, again, we, we don't have that this week, but we'll go ahead and pretend like we do. And I'll, I'll go with Jacksonville State. It's a close line, plus one. Uh, but I, I like them here. I, I think they're going to be one of the more interesting teams to watch this year. And like I said, I think on the offensive side, they're not going to look like a team transitioning to FBS. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to run the ball and run the ball well uh, in Conference USA. Uh, Anwar Lewis is a, a problem. Like you've talked, you look at old Rich Rodriguez running backs like Steve Slayton. I think you've got some similarities there. And for an offense that, I mean, this is a team that didn't lose a game in conference last year, swept the A Sun. Like, I think that their offense translates immediately. Um, and I, I think that having the home field advantage, their first game in FBS is huge. And I think there's a massive coaching edge here with Rich Rod. I think they get the job done week one. So Jacksonville State plus one will be my best bet for week zero. Jacksonville State plus one over UTEP. A.J. Hoffman's last man standing pick for week zero. Before I give you my pick, let me remind you, you can go to pregame.com and use the promo code IRISH20 to save 20% off at pregame.com in honor of Notre Dame kicking off the college football season in Dublin, Ireland against Navy, the Fighting Irish 
are the team that gives us our promo code this week. Irish20 for 20% off at pregame.com. My pick for a last man standing or my best bet against the spread this week is going to be Ohio. I'm going to take the two and a half points here uh, against San Diego State, and it's all about their offense. Curtis Rourke playing in this game gives me so much confidence in Ohio. I'm a little bit worried about his running ability coming off the ACL injury, but his passing with this offense, the way that they have weapons, not just on the outside, but at running back. I mentioned Ben Gora. You mentioned Wiggles earlier in our conversation here. This is the best offense in the MAC conference. Last season, almost 70% completion percentage, almost 3,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, and that was getting hurt in like week 10 or week 11. So yeah. uh, I think he also rushed for four touchdowns. So I think Curtis Rourke playing in this game, even if he doesn't or he has to miss time, C.J. Harris played well in, in time last year, and he has that experience now of playing and starting. This is a team that almost won the MAC last year that probably wins the MAC this year in Ohio. And with the Turnover at San Diego State, so many new players. I just don't know how they're going to look in their first game. The defense, yeah, is expected to be good. How do they come together in week one, and how do they compete with a a very fast, high-scoring, capable offense in Ohio? So I got the Bobcats. I'll take the points. You and I both going with dogs here in week zero. Give me Ohio plus the two and a half. I know Fezzik's going to get mad at me because I could have gotten four and a half, but (laughs) we can't talk about bets in pocket. No. We can only talk about actionable bets right now, and right now take Ohio at plus two and a half. So here's the deal for this podcast going forward. Uh, we're out early today. Uh, this is uh, this is, should be on your feed. You should Hopefully you're listening to this on Monday night or Tuesday morning. Uh, but going forward, starting next week, this will be a Tuesday night into Wednesday morning release. The Big Dream preview is going to be moved from Tuesday nights to Wednesday nights. So mm-hmm. that will be a Wednesday night into Thursday morning release. And also important if you're a college football better. The if you go to straight out of Vegas AM on your podcast player, the last six Thursdays we have previewed a a conference, including in the group of five, including G five and Independence, and go back each of those Thursday shows, and there is a a good healthy feature on each conference where we pick uh, a win total over, a win total under, uh, a dark horse, and and an outright champion. So. Uh, give those a listen if you are dying for more college football uh, content going into the season. Uh, I know everybody's excited about football, so there's there's where the content is. And again, we'll uh, we'll we'll have a lot more games to break down next week. Scott, excited to have football back. Excited to be doing this pod again, and uh, we will talk to you next week, guys. We'll talk to you on Straight Out of Vegas AM. Offense, play fast. Defense, swarm, swarm and tackle, attack. We got out block them, we got out tackle them, we got out hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out block them, you out tackle them, you out hit them, and you out hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt.